Welcome to the Insurance Law Podcast, brought to you by Best Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys. Welcome to the Insurance Law Podcast, the broadcast about timely and important legal issues affecting the insurance industry. I'm John Zuba, editor of Best Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys. Joining me is Brendan Doonan from our communications team. We're pleased to have with us today attorney Rich Fiday from the law firm of Colony Foss, Talenfeld, Karlinski, Abate, and Webb, PA, in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Rich is a partner with the firm and leads the firm's insurance regulatory law division. Rich represents a number of companies and entities in connection with regulatory, compliance, administrative, and contractual issues, and he is also an experienced legal instructor and lecturer. Rich, we're very pleased to have you with us today. Thank you, John. It's great to be here. Today's topic is on privacy concerns with advancing technology and insurance, and Brendan Noonan will lead off with our first question. Uh, Rich, privacy concerns have, have always been of great importance to the insurance industry. As technology continues to evolve, can you briefly explain some of the key touch points in insurance? Without doubt, Brendan, privacy issues related to consumer information and overall company confidentiality concerns have always been a key focus of the industry. This relates not only to legal and compliance standards for carriers and their producers, but also overall consumer confidence and the trust consumers place in insurance professionals to be discreet with sensitive information. With the constant evolution of technology, I can immediately think of three key implications to insurance. One is social media, another is telematics, and a third is electronic transactions. In each of these areas, we have to address the enhanced consumer focus on the immediacy and the reliability of electronic transactions, pushing against legal restrictions related to proprietary information. In essence, there's more data, and it can be easily accessible. Uh, Rich, can you explain some of the compliance and legal principles? Sure, Brendan. It's probably best to paint this maybe with a, a broader brush first. Generally, we have privacy requirements, record retention standards, and related electronic data safeguards, protocols to address data security threats, and the need to protect private information in public filings made with state and federal agencies. Each broad area has its own set of legal standards and compliance requirements that need to be addressed. Rich, let's talk about a couple of specific applications of technology to insurance. We hear so much about social media nowadays. What are some of the privacy implications for insurers? Well, John, the privacy risk is obvious when you're dealing with public interaction with consumers. By its nature, social media involves a real-time interactive exchange of information. Many companies and most producers are involved in social media in one form or another. According to one study, some 92% of annuity and insurance providers use social media in some form. Numerous insurance companies maintain a wide variety of social media accounts, and they use social media as a way to enhance their presence in the community, market their products and services, and really connect with their consumers. It's being pervasively used by agents and sales associations really throughout the country. However, the very public nature of social media conversations demand a measured approach to mitigate against privacy risks. Rich, are there other ways insurers are leveraging technological advances in the industry? Sure, John. We are seeing a growing use of telematics by commercial and personal auto insurers. This involves the use of technology to measure movements of an object. Increasingly, 
companies are using telematics to rate auto insurance risk. This is called usage-based insurance, and premium is based on how much the insured actually drives the vehicle or how the insured drives the vehicle. Specifically, the risk is rated based on factors such as mileage, speed, hard braking, acceleration, and the time of the day that the vehicle is driven. One study has estimated that by 2017, there will be 89 million global insurance telematic users. Uh, Rich, what are some of the benefits and downsides of this technology? Well, according to some research, user-based insurance generates brand loyalty and promotes safety. Discounts are provided by companies to safe drivers. From a claims perspective, there's research that suggests that user-based insureds drive safer, are in fewer accidents, and present a better risk for the insurers. Carriers can attract the best drivers and win their loyalty. From a regulatory compliance point of view, some say that the use of UBI will ultimately reduce reliance by insurance companies on credit scoring as a rating methodology. Of course, many regulators who have often raised concerns with the use of credit scoring as a proxy for discrimination would certainly welcome this type of outcome. Some of the downsides include the lack of historical data for rating purposes and the lack of standardization in pricing that could affect some distribution channels. From a compliance perspective, a key issue is the lack of privacy and the fact that a consumer has Big Brother monitoring his or her driving habits. This is troubling to some consumer groups that question who owns the data that's generated by UBI. As an example, should consumers be able to access the data they get to get competitive insurance quotes? Also, some argue that the information generated by telematics could be used against consumers in connection with law enforcement matters and a wide variety of litigation issues that arise, including some that would not arise from the operation of the vehicle. So the question is whether consumers truly understand the implications when they sign up for UBI. More and more we are becoming a paperless society. People often expect it. Are there evolving issues in insurance related to electronic transactions? There sure are. Most carriers and producers are transacting business electronically on a daily basis. This includes electronic applications for coverage, payments online, and even delivery of insurance policies, endorsements, and other required notices. We also see it in claims handling, where some companies even have mobile device applications to submit a claim and photographs from the scene of an accident. That said, there can be issues because state insurance laws may not be updated to broadly address the use of electronic transactions in insurance. There are a variety of consumer protections built into the insurance law, such as how notices have to be delivered and even proven in court. These standards do not necessarily accommodate electronic transactions, and as a result, insurers are sometimes limited on how they can use the available technology. Rich, all companies have privacy policies, but what do they need to implement good privacy practices? Well, there are a number of key elements to consider. They need to first consider what type of information they're collecting. Of course, this includes not only paper transactions, but all electronic data, such as information from Internet cookies. They next should consider how they're using this information and who will see it. This includes third-party partners of the insurer, as well as other affiliate and non-affiliated companies. 
All companies are well aware of the privacy issues and go to great length to protect non-public information. However, one area where I have often seen issues is in the contracts that they enter with third parties who support the business operations and who receive non-public consumer information. Often these contracts do not contemplate the ongoing evolution of technological advances and do not have sufficient safeguards to assure privacy of non-public consumer information in the hands of these third parties. Also, another big issue I have seen relates to company privacy policies generally. They should be periodically reviewed and updated so that they're consistent with the current practices of the company. That sounds basic, but there is often a disconnect between what the privacy policy permits and what the companies are actually doing. Companies constantly evolve in their operations. They are likely getting more information in different ways. They may enter arrangements with third parties that require disclosure of information in ways not previously contemplated. Periodic reviews are a must, not only to assure that privacy policies are up to date, but also to confirm that business operations are consistent with the company's privacy policy. That's a good point, Rich. And on a different topic, we know companies have to retain data, but they also need to deal with security threats. So can you talk a bit about compliance issues insurance needs to address? Sure, John. This is an interesting dynamic because that becomes really important with electronic data. Companies need to retain records and data for certain periods of time, even indefinitely in some circumstances. Specific standards apply to how the information needs to be retained. Companies deal with all sorts of electronic information, such as web content, electronic ads, social media postings, telematics data, electronic applications, claim data, and many other sources of data information. This information has to be available for a number of reasons, such as possible litigation, insurance department market conduct and financial examinations, as well as just general overall internal operation. At the same time, companies need to implement robust security measures to protect this information from unintended disclosure or, worse yet, criminal hackers. The volume of information is enormous. Also, there are multiple sources and repositories of the data, such as producers, underwriters, claims adjusters, data hosting companies, social media vendors, and really many others. The data may be housed in multiple jurisdictions and may involve consumers from numerous states and countries. If information security is compromised at any of these touch points, insurers can be exposed to security breach liability with monumental consequences. A majority of states require licensees to implement comprehensive, written information security programs that have to include administrative, technical, and physical safeguards. Company risk exposure is expanded because we're talking about private information that is exchanged electronically, not only by company personnel, but also by agents, authorized third parties, and their respective staffs. Also, data that needs to be protected is often housed in personal devices of those who are transacting insurance business on behalf of the company. So, the broad use of technology certainly implicates an evolving dynamic between data and retention on one hand and the corollary obligation to keep the information secure on the other hand. What are some of the consequences if there is a breach? 
Well, Brendan, the results can be devastating, both financially as well as from a reputational perspective. One study estimated that the average organizational charge or cost of a data security breach in the U.S. was $5.5 million in 2011. It's not uncommon to read accounts of data hacking or even an inadvertent mistake that results in the compromise of millions of bits of private consumer information. Uh, Rich, what are some of the standards that companies need to implement? Well, each state has laws that govern notification requirements if a security breach occurs. Federal laws may also apply. The standards of the laws can vary. As an example, some states have safe harbors that apply to encrypted electronic data, and others do not. These are some of the nuances that all companies need to understand up front. Fundamentally, companies need to determine whether a, a breach has occurred, take action to mitigate any harm, and give the notices that are required by the applicable law or laws. Because a breach can occur at any time and can involve multi-jurisdictional requirements, companies must know the federal and state standards in advance and have a comprehensive plan in place before any event. Companies need to consider who is engaging in electronic transactions on their behalf and the devices they're using, make sure that appropriate safeguards are in place, and closely monitor and update security measures to address what really is inevitable, and that's the evolution of technology. Companies need to also make sure that they are protected with strong contractual indemnity with third parties who receive private information. Insurers will ultimately be responsible for the compromise of private information by the third-party vendors they use in their business. Rich, what are some of the privacy concerns companies need to consider with public filings? Well, companies often lose sight of the fact that their many communications and filings with state regulators are publicly available for anyone to review. Most states have broad freedom of information laws, and any member of the public, the press, and really their competitors can gain easy access to this information. In fact, some of the information is even available online. This open public records law applies to trade secret information of the company unless it's filed under a recognized legal exception that would require the public official that you file it with to keep the information confidential. Also, the State Departments of Insurance may have information sharing agreements with the NAIC or possibly other state and federal agencies. We now need to understand that under the Dodd-Frank Act, some insurers may be required to file data with various federal agencies, such as the Federal Insurance Office, or the Financial Stability Oversight Council. There can be significant exposure with the inadvertent disclosure of information, and insurers need to carefully review open sunshine laws that may require public disclosure of private consumer or company proprietary information. Rich, thank you very much for joining us today. Absolutely. My pleasure, John. That was Rich for Day from the law firm of Colony Foss, Talonfeld, Karlinski, Abate, and Webb, PA, in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Special thanks to Brendan Noonan from our communications team and to our producer, Brian Cohen. And thank you all for joining us for the Insurance Law Podcast. To subscribe to this audio program, visit podcast.insuranceattorneysearch.com or go to online directories such as iTunes or Google or Yahoo's podcast directory. If you have any suggestions for a future topic regarding an insurance law case or issue, please email us at lawpodcast.ambest.com. I'm John Zuba, joined by Brendan Noonan, and now this message. 
Best's directory of recommended insurance attorneys is used by decision makers at insurance companies responsible for selecting legal counsel and representation. The printed directory is distributed annually to insurance companies, non-insurance companies, third-party administrators, and corporate counsel around the world, and the online edition is accessible throughout the year. Your listing in Best's directory of recommended insurance attorneys is the most effective way to ensure that thousands of potential clients have access to your outstanding credentials. Here's why you should be listed in the number one insurance attorney reference. Your firm's credentials will be listed in our comprehensive reference guide, which is made available to thousands of insurance professionals globally, both in print and online. AMBEST listees are recognized as the most qualified in their field to represent the unique needs of insurance companies. Key decision makers rely on the directory to take the guesswork out of their selection process. They know that only the best are listed, those firms with a proven track record of excellence who are recommended by their insurance industry clients. And remember, one low rate guarantees year-long visibility for your firm. We invite you to use our web application process to apply for a listing today. With our reasonable rates and broad exposure, there's no more effective way to get the attention of the insurance industry. For more information about BEST's Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys, visit www.insuranceattorneysearch.com. 